Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. This is Father Dan. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Holy Saint Anthony, the gentlest of saints, your love for God and charity for his creatures made you worthy when on earth to possess miraculous powers. Encouraged by this thought, I implore you to obtain for me great blessings upon all of the Radio Maria family and listeners. O gentle and loving Saint Anthony, whose heart was ever full of human sympathy, whisper my petition into the ears of the sweet infant Jesus, who loved to be folded in your arms. The gratitude of my heart will ever be yours. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, I wanted to talk to you. Today is the Feast of St. Anthony, by the way. That's why we prayed the prayer that he wrote, um, was written about him. Um, it's come to my attention that the gaming industry, gaming, so these video games that the kids are watching, has taken a severely dark and twisted turn in the last 10 years. Um, I guess the genesis of this would be like when I was a kid, Pac-Man, fairly harmless, and, you know, things like that. Um, But now, very dark, uh, there's a new game called Holy Purge Exorcists. Uh, It's a popular site for horror game enthusiasts. And players take on the role of priests who are tasked with exorcising demons in various scenarios. Um... But it has very dark things in it, uh, and hordes of demonic creatures, and flying demons, and uh, all sorts of things. And you never know what's in there, you know? You don't know what's in there. Um, There's another one called Diablo 4. Also has deeply disturbing content. Uh, It's about uh, the demon Lilith. And uh, it focuses on her. She's a real demon, very powerful. Appears as a, a, a woman with wings, a dark woman, a dark black figure. Um, and, and I think it's the worst. And you know, something even more strange about this is Kentucky Fried Chicken has joined forces with Diablo Four to promote sales across both ventures. I mean, this is insane. Kentucky Fried Chicken, what are you doing, Colonel? You shouldn't be doing such things. Uh, But perhaps the worst one is uh, a game where you're working with the devil himself called The Contract. And in The Contract game, in which you're competing against the devil, in order to win the game, you sign a contract with the devil. Can you believe this? And people are doing it. And one young man who was 23 wound up uh, becoming a millionaire after signing a contract with the devil. Imagine that. So be careful what your kids are watching. Uh, if you have teenagers, you might want to have a chat with them and say, you know, some of these games are, are they're not games at all. They're portals into hell, and you're inviting demons into our home. And th- there was actually a, a case where uh, there was a a teenager playing these dark games, and uh, when he left the house at 
two, uh, the parents moved into his bedroom, and they had all sorts of manifestations happening. And it turns out it's from these games. And the boy had to have deliverance done over him and the house as a result. So just, you got to be careful. This is not, it's like, I guess the equivalent when we were kids was the Ouija board. But now it's these three-dimensional looking video games where you're actually tangling with demons. And you may think it's a cartoon, but the demons don't care. Once they get your consent, they have you. So be careful. Today, if you went to church already, you heard the gospel where Jesus is teaching about, uh, or not teaching, he's always teaching, but he's uh, commanding us. It was a very declarative statement. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its taste, what can it, uh, with what can it be seasoned? It's, good, it's not good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket set on a lampstand, where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. This passage, which we've heard many, many, many times, many people know it. Um, when you're just sitting at Mass, listening to the words, depending on the, the tone of the priest or deacon who's reading it, we can be lulled into a sense of, oh, what a nice scripture. But, you know, Jesus, what he's saying here is very strongly worded. And I'm thinking when he delivered this message, it would have been in a firm tone to get people's attention. Because there's a, a definitive about this proclamation he's making. You know, when he says, you are, you are the salt of the earth, you, you are the light of the world. But if salt goes flat, it's good for nothing. The interpretation is that you can go flat and be good for nothing. But I wonder how many people hear that when they heard that scripture. So first he's saying, you. Now we know he's the light of the world. But as part of his mystical body, we shine his light through us, and we become lights for the world too. And he's not talking to just the people 2,000 years ago in Palestine. He's talking to you and me. And this isn't just directed at apostles and pastors and saints. He's talking to everybody who's been baptized. So you are salt, you are light, you. It's too easy to say, look at what the Lord is saying to those people 2,000 years ago near the lakeside. No, it's not the message at all. It was for them, but it is for us too. This is a living word which continues to uh, touch hearts for everybody who reads it, regardless of time. The second way the Lord is being so definitive with us is saying that both images depend on us. If we are not salt and light, then no one else will be for the particular job we had, and we have we will have voided our worth. Can you imagine voiding your worth? But it's true. You see, the metaphor of salt, you're either salt or you're nothing, or you're good for nothing. As Christians, we've basically signed up to be specialists, you know? And this means that if we go off and do something else instead, we are nothing and good for nothing. It's an all-or-nothing scenario. When I think of it, because you have to remember, we are first uh, sons and daughters of God. That is our first identity, our major identity, our, the bulwark of who we are. That is who it is. 
everything else comes second. So being a, a parent or a spouse or a priest, being an American, a, a Democrat, Republican, whatever, that's all second, third, fourth, fifth down the line. First and foremost, you are a son or daughter of God, and as such, your light must shine before you to others. So when I think on the, the grandest scale, so the, the, the Catholics with the most power who are not uh, ordained, think about it in this in this year of 2023. You know, we have uh, our president in America is a Catholic. There's the governor of California with many other governors. Chris Christie is a Catholic. Um, Nancy Pelosi, Catholic. All these Catholics with power, position, and a platform where people can hear what they have to say. And they have tossed aside their salt. They are Not only are they not promoting the gospel, they're going, working against it. They're antichrists working against Christ and his message. But the list goes on. It's not just politicians. Uh, did you know that Leonardo DiCaprio is a Catholic? Did you know that Tom Brady is a Catholic? Did you know Alec Baldwin is a Catholic? Yet I've heard none of these people ever speak about their faith, ever. Um, Michael Moore, who tramples down uh, all things good, he's a Catholic. It goes on and on and on. The list is endless. Uh, Kelly Ripa, who is constantly promoting psychics and uh, encouraging other people come on the show to elope in Vegas rather than get married in a church. She's Catholic, evidently. So they have uh, abandoned their value as salt and light and are now, according to Jesus, you are uh, worthless. Now, on the flip side of this are people who have done very good things for the faith. You know? So if you consider, uh, in Hollywood there's not a lot, but, you know, Mel Gibson's not a perfect person, but he's at least trying in many ways to advance the faith. And the Passion of the Christ may be his crown jewel achievement of his life. Um, Patricia Heaton is Catholic, and she's outspoken about being Catholic and her values that are uh, in line with the church. Just recently, Mike Pence said uh, publicly, as he's, uh, I guess he's, I don't know if he's running for office or what, but he was speaking to a, a, a convention of people, and he says, I'm very proud to say that I am pro-life. I'm not ashamed of that. So important, you know. If you look at the sports world, uh, Tim Tebow, to me, has to be one of the best examples of a Christian who uh, lives his faith. He stayed a virgin until he got married. Harrison Buckner, the great uh, field goal kicker for... Uh, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, who who was the reason they won the Super Bowl this year, uh, only 27 years old, and yet very outspoken about his faith. You know, after the Super Bowl, they, remember all the years going back, they used to always say, hey, what are you doing? I'm going to Disney World. Well, Disney World is now hell on earth. What did he do? He went off to a monastery, Catholic monastery on the West Coast for a retreat, a silent retreat, after he won the Super Bowl. By the way, he also serves Sunday Mass as an altar server. Use pictures of him in his Catholic and surplus. And he's recently been in the news for speaking out against all the pride events. So here's a man who's not afraid of speaking truth to power. Good for him. 
And there's others, you know, there's others throughout our history who've done the same. But this is what Jesus is talking about. Now, this is exactly what he's trying to get us to understand. Your first and only mission is to be true and uh, a, a true and uncompromised Christian. Everything else is after the fact. So you, you could be a doctor. You might be a great doctor, but if you don't do it as a clear and visible Christian, you're nothing. You might be a skilled actor or politician, but if you don't do it as a uh, Christian, it's good for nothing. But people don't understand this. They compartmentalize their faith. You can't do that. It is not what God is calling us to do. Um, ironically, there's even, <laughs> hard to believe, but there's even some priests who uh, seem to compartmentalize their faith and, and are, are not so outspoken. Some contrary to the religion, like Father Martin. But the point is, there's a great battle raging around us, and the world is getting darker. The darkness is growing. Where is the light? Where is the light? It's. I think there's just been too many Catholics and Christians who forfeited their light and their salt. And this is the, the reason the earth is darkening. You know, if everybody today got on their knees and just said, I am sorry for my sins, I repent of my sinful life, and meant it, has to be from the heart. I think the coming of the kingdom would happen almost instantaneously, where the whole world, the whole world would be transformed. You know, the, the power of repentance and truth, speaking truth, uh, is, is remarkable, but it, we're not quite there by any stretch of the imagination. So, I would say don't worry about the the big picture. You, we can only control what we can control. That's ourselves and influencing the people in our in our lives, the people around us are in the marketplace, the workplace, the family, the friends. And that's you know that's what, and if God raises you up and uh, increases your tribe in some way, well then great good for you. You get a bigger platform to speak. So I want to look now at some of the dynamics of what salt does, because sometimes we don't actually think about these things in, in great detail. But salt has uh, four main, I would say, components of how it works. First of all, it seasons things. This is primarily why we use it, right? You get a piece of meat that's very bland, and you throw a little salt on it, suddenly it's not so bad. We're called to add spice to life, to bring uh, joy and beauty and hope into the world as the salt. And the surest sign of a of a practicing Christian is joy. When you see a joyful person, uh, joy, not happiness, but true joy, that's the mark of a Christian. It only comes from God. Uh, hope, too, is something that would distinguish us from a very despairing and cynical world. You know, when you when when people uh, go into despair, that's when the devil has them, uh, you know, by the back of their neck. Because once you go into despair, you, you for the most part stop praying. So we want to be a people that are always bringing hope to the world. And this is not easy to do, but it's not impossible. So second principle quality of salt is that it preserves. You know, before refrigeration. That's why salt was so valuable, because salt would preserve the meats. So you'd, you'd uh, either uh, 
shoot a deer or uh, butcher a cow back a hundred years ago, and then you'd have to some way preserve it and going back even further. And so they would salt it, and that would stop the decay of the meat. Salt uh, also heals. In the ancient world, salt was used on wounds. It would stop bleeding. It would be very painful, but it would stop bleeding. It also kills bacteria, and it prevents infection. That's what we need to be doing. <laughs> Through our living our lives as true Catholics, we're called to bring healing into the world. And the world is very wounded by sin, by uh, strife, by jealousy, bitterness, promiscuity, uh, greed, all the capital sins. Pride, anger, greed, gluttony, lust, envy, sloth, all of them. So we, Jesus said, you and me, we have this power. His power flowing through us to the world to heal. And finally, as I mentioned, salt does burn. It stings when you apply it to wounds. So we're not supposed to just be uh, a sugar and spice people. When salt is applied to wounds, it burns, and it often will bring out a loud protest. You know, someone would be uh, upset to have salt put in a wound. I'm thinking of, uh, uh, what's her name, St. Paquita. She had, I think, 147 uh deep wounds carved into her skin, and then they poured salt in to, to, to make them uh, visible for, forever. That would basically scar her body, and also the pain of suffering through that, that sting. But uh, the sting is a healing one. You know, it drives out the disease of the world, and it prevents further damage. So... Um, just because people don't like what we have to say doesn't mean it doesn't have an, uh, a long-lasting effect on people. You know, it might not happen when we are saying it, but you're planting seeds in people's minds. They may protest initially. that They don't want to hear it. They don't believe it. Um, I'm agnostic. I'm an atheist. Don't talk to me. But, you know, let's pretend you planted those seeds, and then, you know, two months later, they're in a crisis uh, with uh, some kind of uh, major health crisis. And in their panic, they think, what can I do? And they'll remember your words of how Jesus is always ready to take someone back. They just need to repent. That might be the moment. So to be God's grace combined with your words and his ability to create situations that draw people into conversions. So don't be distraught if your message isn't received right away. There's always time. You know, I think at some point there will be this great warning given to the world from God. Um, it's my own opinion, uh, although it is written about in the Diary of Faustina and other places. Um, and so all these planting of seeds in that moment may be brought to flower, to fruition, uh, and people might realize, I do need God, and I do have to choose him. And that may be the moment that so many people will come back to the Lord. So, Jesus is saying that you are the salt of the earth. He, he didn't say you're the salt of the church. He said you're the salt of the earth. So for salt to be effective, the salt has to come out of the salt shaker. Salt can't salt salt. No, it has to come out of the shaker. 
which means you have to come out of your home and you have to be a light and a salt in the world, right? So the whole message, one of the great messages of Vatican II was that it's the the priests that form the parishioners in the faith and give them uh, the tools necessary that when they leave church, they would go into the marketplace, into their uh, Kroger's and their publics, and they'd go into their jobs, classrooms, hospitals, wherever, and they'd bring that faith into the marketplace. That was a whole lot easier 50 years ago than it is today. Today, there's laws against this in many places, so you can't even open your mouth about religion. But that doesn't stop us. Jesus knew that would happen when he gave this command. So you just have to uh, stick to your guns and do it. Uh, Just recently, someone sent me a a link to a story about a a farmer who had uh, basically uh, voiced his uh, opinions about some things that the government didn't like, and they wound up shutting him down. You know, so... um, Big brothers out there, but it doesn't prevent it should it doesn't matter who's we're coming up against. We have to be a people that are salt and light. Do you remember uh, John Paul II before he was Pope when he was the bishop? I think it was of Krakow. Um, he was doing a um, I think it was an outdoor mass with a, a large gathering of people, and the communists came and said, "You can't do this." And uh, his response was basically he just proceeded with the mass and did it anyway. <clears throat> you know, you have to do what you have to do, uh, despite what the risk is. Similarly, you know, in Medjugorje, when they had uh, the communists come in and shut down uh, the town, all the men were off fighting the war, uh, and they t- they came in and they put up big two-by-fours and they nailed them across the doors of the church to say, basically, the church is closed, you can't come here anymore. And it was the women. I met one of them. And the women came out, and they went out with hammers and uh, saws, and they took those boards off the church doors, and uh, they weren't going to have it. And the military showed up and pointed their machine guns at them and said, stop or you're dead. And they said, we don't care. We would die for our church. And they kept taking the boards off. And you know what? They didn't shoot them. And the church stayed open. But that's the kind of uh, conviction. That's the kind of faith. That's the kind of fortitude that we're going to need for this day and age. You know? Because it's coming. You can see the writing on the wall. The tide has turned against the church and Jesus, it is an antichrist spirit, and it is bigger than a spirit. It's, it seems to be something of a power or principality at this point. It's, it's enormous, and it's, uh, it's just flipping people over right and left. Somehow everybody's, not everybody, but there's so many people that are just giving up on, on Christianity and Catholicism and moving into a world of atheism and witchcraft and uh, Gnosticism. Just yesterday, I had uh, a woman, uh, an attorney, call me who is being plagued by a very uh, high-powered demon that is 
horribly tormenting her in, in ways so unimaginable I can't even say it on the air. And she said, I, I have to be honest, I was, a, I was a Gnostic. I didn't know if God existed, but I really didn't care. And then this thing happened, and now I believe, and I need help, and I'll do anything. Come and help me. So I said, you know, this is actually a mercy, because God allowed it so that you would come to your senses and realize there is a God, and there's also an enemy. And, uh, you know, it would be better if she didn't have to go through the torment to get to that realization, but at least she did, right? And now she can set her life on a new path with Jesus at the center. So, salt and light. It's time you and me become salt and light and uh, begin crushing the darkness that's uh, been imposing itself all over the place, particularly in our own country. Uh, That's going to be about it for today. I hope uh, this program was helpful to you, and if it was, you can always give a ring to our uh, our office at 888-408-0201 and pledge some support to keep Radio Maria thriving in America. May Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. This is Father Dan, signing off. <laughs>